All right, welcome to Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's alive forevermore. Amen. And uh, we took prayer requests, so now we're going to let Brother Thurman lead us in prayer as we begin the class here. Eternal Father, we come before you. We thank you so much just for this day. And yes, Lord, you have risen indeed. Lord, we are the fruit, oh Lord, that proves that you are resurrected because you have given us a new life. And Lord, when we, we love you and, and we serve you and we worship you, Lord, because of what you have done. And Lord, I ask today, Lord, that you will continue, Lord, to work in our lives, Lord, to help us to continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus, that he truly has risen indeed, and he reigns forever. You are King of King and Lord of Lord, and Lord, we honor you today. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, that you would just meet us here, because you said in the word where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be in the midst. And Lord, we thank you for your presence on today. But yet, Lord, there are a lot of needs, Lord, that, that have been spoken even here today. And most of all, our heart goes out and our prayers goes out to Sister Sherry as she goes through this time. Oh, Lord, I ask most of all you would intervene. Most of all, strengthen her, oh, Father God, as she goes through this time. And, Lord, I know there's nothing too hard for you. Allow the Holy Ghost to truly come in and grant her strength. Most of all, Lord, to continue, Lord, to lift her daughter up to you. Lord, that you would, Lord, accept her. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as well as her her, her son, Lord, and uh, 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 her daughter's son, Lord, and her, her, her friend, Father God, they all need to know you, Lord. And, Lord, we're just, Lord, lifting that, that family up right now in the name of Jesus, as well as, Father God, as Brother Meek is, he celebrate another year. Father God, I even ask you to prosper him this year. Most of all, Lord, spiritually, Lord, Lord, that uh, Lord, as days grow closer, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would just continue, Lord, to just anoint him and his family family, oh Lord, from the crown of the head to the soles of their feet, Father God. And I'm asking, Father God, that you would just meet us all here. And I'm lifting Sister Truza and I up today because we need strength, Lord. As we continue, Lord, to work in the vineyard, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, you would continue, Lord, to just bless us. Most of all, Lord, plan us where you would have us to be, Lord. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, you would use us as you see fit, Lord. Yes, Lord, we do need prayer. And Lord, we need, we need the Holy Ghost to truly, oh Lord, to comfort us on today. And, Lord, even be with, Lord, those in bereavement today, Lord, in most of all this country that we live in. Help us continue, Lord, to hold up the name of Jesus. Help, look, help us, Lord, to continue, Lord, proclaim the name of Jesus. He's the only way, Lord, we're going to have salvation and peace, Lord, anywhere. And, Lord, we thank you for him on today, Father God. And I'm asking, Lord, everyone that's on the sound of my voice, you know their needs. You know their requests. You know exactly who they're interceding for. And, Lord, I'm asking for confirmation, oh, Father God, on today. Bless the teacher of this class, bless Brother Clements, financially, spiritually, Lord, and most Lord, anoint him to teach the class on today. Father God, we reverence you and we honor you for this day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, we can go home now. <laughs> All right. We already had church. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good, brother. Amen. Well, as you know, around Christmas and Easter, I usually try to write a poem. Uh, my brother wants them, for one thing, 
to put on his radio program on those holidays. And so uh, this is the copy of it. Um, I've, I've gone through several different ways of looking at Easter, and so I, I felt led to go with Peter this time, you know. <laughs> and it kind of rhymes, Peter and Easter, you know. <laughs> so that's what I call this, Peter and Easter. I'm talking about St. Peter, not the rabbit or the bunny, for the way the Easter bunny is emphasized is not funny. I have the same problem with Santa Claus at Christmas time as I do with the Easter Bunny being exalted at Easter time. We don't know if St. Peter had a son or daughter, but we know he was a man who walked on the water. It happened after Jesus permitted him to do so and became the only man then Jesus to do it as far as we know. God revealed to Peter that Jesus was God's son, and Jesus commended him for that confession. For he will build his church on this declaration, and through his name, Jesus, every battle is won. Of course, everybody remembers Peter denied the Lord three times before a rooster crowed, twice were told. But after Pentecost, we see him not cowardly, but bold. And the rest of his life, he boldly preached God's word. On Easter morning, Peter and John saw the empty grave and saw Jesus' grave clothes lay with a napkin at his head. This was material evidence. Jesus was alive and not dead. Soon after, Jesus appeared to him to forgive and save. Several days later, Jesus appeared to some disciples by the lake where Peter confessed his love for Christ, for Pete's sake. Uh, for he knew Peter, I mean, Jesus told him, though, how Peter would, when he's old, will die. For he knew Peter also would face being crucified. So this Easter, I trust that many will become believers as Peter was on that first Resurrection Sunday. Have a blessed and joyous Easter, I say. And I have some copies here y'all can pass out to one per family or something like that. I'm glad I gave Sherry hers Wednesday. <laughs> And also, uh, Patril Patricia was there Wednesday, and I gave her a copy. Wednesday, I had a couple of copies with me. I gave the pastor one, too. Uh, so anyway, today we're looking at the Easter story, and it's titled, of course, The Risen Christ. Our key verse is, He is not here, for He is risen, as He said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And the central truth is Jesus Christ rose from the dead and lives forever. I don't know if y'all know that chorus, alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive, alive forevermore. 
alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. My Jesus is alive forevermore. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. My Jesus is alive. Amen. That's a good course to sing on Easter and every day. Because he's alive every day. But today we're discussing the resurrection of Jesus, which is the foundation of the Christian faith. You remember Paul said, if Christ be not risen, our faith is in vain. But thank God he is risen. It separates Christianity from any other religion. All the other religions, heroes, or founders are dead in the grave. But Jesus' grave is open and empty. Our Savior lives and acts in our lives, and it gives us hope for eternal life. You remember Jesus said, because I live, ye shall live also. <coughs> In today's study, we, we're going to explore Matthew's account of the burial and resurrection of Jesus. We'll discover in this account several proofs of the reality that the one who died to atone for our sins is risen as the exalted Lord with authority over all things. So as his followers, we live for him and proclaim the gospel so others may also become his disciples. So in teaching about the resurrection to believers in Corinth, Paul pointed to the importance of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Without the resurrection, the scriptures would be false rather than true. Without it, those who proclaimed the gospel of Jesus that included his resurrection would become false witnesses. And those who believe their message would still be lost in their sins. In addition, believers would be living with a false hope and enduring persecution for an empty promise. Little wonder the apostle proclaimed, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most miserable, the King James says, the NIV says, to be pitied. All right, that's the introduction, as they say. <laughs> and so today we're going to be looking at part one first about his burial that we find in the 27th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Uh, toward the end of that. And so Brother Thurman's going to read for us Matthew 27, 57 through 66. Thank you. All right. We'll be coming from Matthew 27, verses, starting at verses 57. It says, When the evening was come, there was a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of 
out in the rock and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary of Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day, the following, excuse me, now the next day, the followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher, is a sepulcher? Septure be made uh, sure unto the third day, lest, he's, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the septure sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. There's a lot in that, all right, um, as we unpack it, as some preachers say. <laughs> if you look at that uh, first verse there in the 57th verse, it said that uh, a rich man named Joseph uh, was a disciple of Jesus, but evidently he was more of a secret disciple because they say that he was part of the Sanhedrin along with Nicodemus. So we see them both coming to rescue the body of Jesus because when a criminal was crucified, they didn't put them in a tomb. They just threw them in a, in a trash heap almost, you know, and, and uh, that's what would have happened to Jesus' body if, if Joseph had not come and asked uh, permission from Pilate to to receive the body and to put it in his own tomb. It's interesting that there was a Joseph at Jesus' birth that was there to wrap him in swaddling cloths uh, when he was a baby, and now we see another Joseph on the scene at his death that came and wrapped the body in linen cloths along with uh, Nicodemus like I said was there to help him as well and uh, so they gave him a proper burial even though he had a, a very um, uh, terrible way of dying you know on the cross and um, treated just like a criminal and they even after he had died we see that the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees and those uh, from the temple were still calling him a deceiver. And they said that error. And uh, so they were saying it was a whole mistake. His whole life was a mistake. And he said, we, we'll have a greater error on our hands if the disciples steal the body and then claim that he had risen from the dead. So um, it's interesting, though, the fact that even though he died like a thief criminal, yet he was buried in a rich man's tomb. And, and God told Isaiah that's what would happen. In Isaiah 53, in the last 
verse there almost, I guess it is the last one, it said he was numbered with the transgressors, but he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And then you back up a little there in the ninth verse, and it said he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. So it mentions both the fact that he would be numbered like a thief, but yet he would be buried as a, in a rich man's tomb. So this was fulfilling prophecy. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies while he was on this earth. And there's still some prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled yet that will be fulfilled when he comes back again. So uh, Jesus said he didn't come to destroy the law but to fulfill it. And sure enough, that's what he did when he came the first time and that's what he'll do when he comes the second time to finish it uh, as far as the prophecies were concerned. Uh, so darkness had covered the land, the earth had quaked, Jesus had died. But Joseph, who was a wealthy man from an obscure city called Arimathea, did what he could at this tragic moment. This disciple of Jesus went to Pilate to receive permission to take Jesus' body to make sure he received a proper burial. And uh, so he took the body of Jesus, prepared it for burial. And that custom back then was to wrap the body in linen with a mixture of myrrh along with aloes. And so they didn't embalm necessarily back then, but they... They wrapped it pretty good, you know, uh, and this was a very sticky substance, this myrrh, that if anyone tried to remove that wrapping off the body of Jesus, the skin would have just come off with it because it was so sticky. But when Jesus arose, he came out of that, <laughs> that wrappings and left the wrappings right there so that it would be a material evidence, as I said in my poem, that Jesus had really risen from the dead. And, and that did convince Peter when he walked in the tomb and he saw the linen wrappings there and then a napkin where his head would have been. So he knew that if someone had stolen the body, they wouldn't have taken time to unwrap it. And also, like I said, they'd have a hard time unwrapping it because that sticky substance, myrrh and aloes. When the wise men came to visit the Christ child when he was about two years old, they also brought myrrh, if you remember, along with their gifts. And uh, so this was a testimony that this baby was born to die because that's what they would use and also they wrapped them in the swaddling cloths just like um, they did when he was a baby he was wrapped in swaddling cloths the angels told the shepherds this will be a sign unto you you shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger so then when he died we see 
another Joseph, as I said, come out on the scene and also wrapped the body in swaddling cloths. And then Joseph placed the body of Jesus in a tomb that he owned but had never used. Of course, he was still alive. Uh, but it was near the site where Jesus was crucified. And so it's called the garden tomb because it was evidently in that garden of Gethsemane area where uh, it was near Golgotha where Christ was crucified. And then Joseph was the one that rolled the large stone to cover the entrance to the tomb. Because I, like I mentioned, and it mentions in our teacher's quarterly anyway, in the first century, a dead body usually was placed um, in a tomb, uh, front part of the tomb, to allow the flesh to decay. And then after a year, it'd be just bones, and they'd take the bones and put it in an ossuary box and then slide that into a slot in the wall in the main chamber of the tomb. And they have found the ossuary box for uh, Mary, I understand, and Joseph, but they don't have one for Jesus because he did not stay dead. With the sad task completed, then Joseph left. <coughs> But it does mention the fact that Mary Magdalene was there observing it because one of the theories, you know, is, well, the ladies were confused and they went to the wrong tomb. They knew where that tomb was. And uh, Joseph rode the stone in front. That was to keep animals from getting in, for one thing. And um, it was a very heavy stone that, the women themselves wouldn't be able to move. I've got to go back to where we were. Let's see, I'm in Isaiah still. Okay. Um, so not only did Joseph and Nicodemus go to Pilate, but we see that Jesus' enemies also went to Pilate. The next day, the chief priests and Pharisees came together onto Pilate. And they said, we remember this deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Isn't it interesting that the disciples had forgotten that he had said that, but yet his enemies remembered that he had said it. So they said, please command that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. So they were already thinking of this excuse. Uh, <coughs> and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch. Now this is where it gets confusing he was telling the priest, you have your guards, you guard the tomb. Because evidently it was the temple guards that was guarding the tomb and not the Roman soldiers. Like I said, we, we always uh, see things 
in movies that doesn't necessarily go along with the scripture. He didn't say, well, you can have my guards. He said, you have your watch. You have the guards. You guard it. But he did allow the, the uh, stone to be sealed. It said, they went and made the sepulcher sure. That's these chief priests. Sealing the stone. <coughs> Most commentaries say that in sealing the stone, they, they put some ropes across that big stone, and then they put wax on those uh, places where the, the ropes would touch the tomb so that they sealed those ropes that no one could move the stone without first breaking that seal. We think of, you know, just a big old stamp. <laughs> but uh, evidently it's talking about uh, the way that they sealed those ropes where no one could break it. Man can't, but God can. <laughs> okay, so uh, there was no mistaking of where the tomb was because we saw that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there to observe what took place. Now Alyssa's going to read for us about the resurrection, Matthew 28, 1 through 10. St. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulchre and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, for the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre and with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet. And worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall there they shall see me. All right. I'm gonna pass out a uh, post-resurrection appearance list there. That's real interesting because when you read the four Gospels, it's kind of difficult to understand what took place when. And so this is good to, to get the list of, of how it happened because we know that he first appeared unto Mary Magdalene, but we don't see that here in, in Matthew's gospel. But uh, John talks about it, you know, how that... Uh, so just look at this post-resurrection appearances. There was at least 11 of them 
and I thought of three more after <laughs> that list. But anyway, um, we see that the stone is rolled away. That's what she read there. And uh, the angel of the Lord came down and rolled that stone, stone away. Angels are very powerful. Uh, we know one angel slew 185,000 soldiers one time of the Syrian army. Um, so it was nothing for that angel to to roll that stone away. And, and it wasn't rolled away so Jesus could come out. It was rolled away so his disciples could go in and witness the fact that he had risen because we know later on Jesus just goes right through a wall or a door you know so uh, he has his glorified body now when he rose he he rose with a glorified body where it will be like what we will have someday because it says in Philippians you know that he's going to change <coughs> these vile bodies like unto his glorious body <laughs> so uh but anyway, uh, the stones rolled away from Jesus' tomb by an angel. Women visit the tomb, and they discover Jesus' body's not there. So Mary Magdalene leaves to tell Peter and John. The other women, some were remaining at the tomb. They see the two angels who tell them Jesus has risen. So Peter and John then visit the tomb, and... Uh, that was part of my poem there I read. Uh, and uh, John, of course, outruns Peter because he's younger. And <laughs> so he gets there first, but he just notices the, the empty tomb, but he doesn't go in. Where Peter goes in, and he sees those linen cloths lying, but he doesn't see the angels there. So angels can disguise themselves or be invisible where you don't see them sometimes but uh, we know they were there because they were there talking with the women uh, after uh, Mary Magdalene left to to tell uh, the disciples so the first post appearance after the resurrection that is was with Mary Magdalene she returns to the tomb Jesus appears to her that we have in Mark 16 and also John 20. So this was the first post-resurrection appearance. Then the second appearance was when he appeared to these women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, Salome, and Joanna that are listed there in Matthew 28. 8 through 10, and also Mark 16. This is the second post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. So um, when he appeared to Mary first, he told her not to touch him because he had not yet ascended to the Father, and he needed to, to uh, take his blood or an angel with him, take the blood to take it up to the uh, heavenly tabernacle in heaven, the heavenly temple, and put his, his own blood on the mercy seat. So the only blood in heaven is the blood of Jesus, because flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, we're told. 
And after his resurrection, like I said, we'll have a glorious body like his. And, and he tells them he has flesh and bones, but he doesn't mention blood because he shed his blood for us on the cross. Then uh, we're told about the guards that were stationed at Jesus' tomb that go report to the re religious rulers what happened. And so the rulers bribed the guards to lie about what happened. And they said, just say, while we were asleep, the disciples came and stole the body. You see, they were already thinking that when they went to Pilate and they said, you know, uh, you better seal the tomb because if the disciples come and steal the body, it'll be, we'll be worse off than we were while this deceiver was alive. And so they were already having that excuse, you might say. And so they bribed either the Roman soldiers, if they were there, or the um, guards of the temple. It might have been a mixture of both, I don't know, because they said if it comes to Pilate, we'll, we'll vouch for you. So that sounds like uh, it could be the Roman soldiers. But it was death if they went to sleep on guard duty, you know, so uh, I don't know how they escaped that. They might have killed them after all. Uh, <laughs> but then the third appearance was to Peter himself because... 1 Corinthians 15 also gives you a list of post-appearances. Um, if you go to 1 Corinthians 15, it says, I delivered unto you, no, I don't want to do that, four, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day, and he was seen of Cephas, which is another name for Peter. And so he doesn't mention the women there because he was talking about the apostles that saw him and so he said of the apostles Peter was the first one that saw him and was restored because he had been weeping and and uh, feeling real bad after denying the Lord three times when he said he'd never do that but the Lord said oh yes you will if you don't pray you'll enter into temptation and uh, so Jesus tried to get Peter to be prayed up, but instead he slept, as we know. And uh, so he wasn't prayed up, and when the temptation came, he yielded to that. So he felt real bad. So, so Jesus makes a special appearance to Peter somehow. And this would be the third post-resurrection appearance. And that all happened on Sunday morning. Then Sunday afternoon, we see where Jesus appears to dis two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We know one of them was called Cleopas. We don't know the other one's name. And uh, they weren't of the 12, but they were of the 70, because he had 70 disciples also besides the 12 apostles. Some think that it might have been a husband and wife, Cleopas and his wife. Could have been, or it could have been two men. Uh, I know the uh, the movie called The uh, Road to Emmaus shows two men. Uh, I have a DVD on that, and I watched that also this weekend. But um, 
this was the fourth appearance when he appeared to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus there in, at Sunday afternoon. And of course, when he revealed himself to them, when he broke bread, they realized who he was. It could be they saw the nail prints in his hand or wrist, uh, but anyway, they knew who he was. And he just vanished out of their sight. There again, when you have your glorified body, you can just vanish. <laughs> You can appear and vanish. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. Uh, we'll, we'll just travel at the at the speed of thought, as someone said. If you, if you think ah, I'd like to be in Paris, all of a sudden you're there in Paris. You know, uh, automobiles won't be necessary. Uh, but anyway, he just vanished. But we see where he appears again after they run back to the apostles and uh, tells them that they had just not only seen the Lord, they had walked with him, and he talked with them. And it goes along with that song we sing, you know, he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. And they had a Bible study with him. And while he talked with them, it said later their hearts burn within them as they heard him. So he, when uh, that Sunday evening, after these two from Emmaus told the apostles, we'd seen the Lord, you know, all of a sudden Jesus appears before them and says, peace be unto you. And so this is when he has his fifth appearance the fifth post-resurrection appearance was when he appeared to the apostles except Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. So then the following Sunday, a week from that Sunday, he appears then to Thomas. So all this happens on the first day of the week, notice. This is why we worship on Sunday and not Saturday because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and we see the apostles themselves met together on the first day of the week. Uh, so the following Sunday was his sixth appearance when he appears again to the apostles, including Thomas. Because, you know, Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so Jesus appears there the second time, I mean the uh, a week later to uh, the apostles while Thomas was there and he goes right to Thomas and says just put your finger in the print of my nails and thrust your hand into my side but be not faithless but believe and of course we know Thomas made the declaration my Lord and my God and so in a way he made a stronger declaration than even Peter did. Peter said, we know thou art the Son of God. But Thomas acknowledged the fact that he is God. And so uh, we're about out of time, so we're going to let uh, uh, Lina read Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20. That's about four verses there. You read it. Okay. 
Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, and, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke uh, to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. Amen. Good reading. So that talks about some more appearances there. Um, this was about 32 days after his resurrection on Easter morning by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, we also have the appearance of Jesus appearing to seven disciples and performs a miracle of, of the drought of the uh, multitude of fishes again. Uh, while Peter had said, I go fishing, and so six others went with him. And so that's why it was the seven disciples. And uh, so Jesus appears to them on the seashore. This time he has bread and fish on the fire, cooking breakfast for them. And uh, <coughs> that was 32 days after his appearances on Easter. Uh, Jesus then appears to a group of at least 500, we're told. Again, were Paulists and Corinthians, and how that he said he was seen of uh, Cephas, then of the 12, and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. So that's what he's talking about there, when 500 people saw him. Now, one person might have an hallucination, but 500 at the same time is not going to have that same hallucination. So he proved himself alive by many infallible proofs, we're told in the book of Acts. And uh, he said, you can ask him. Some are still here, alive, but some have died. But after that, he was seen at James. Now, this is James his own brother, uh, our half-brother, of course, because uh, they had the same mom but not the same dad. <laughs> and then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me. That's why I said I, I add not only about James and uh, the, the 500 and so forth, but we're also told there, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, that he appeared to Saul before he became Paul, and that was on the road to Damascus. And then later on, I noticed that he appeared to Paul while he was at Corinth, and he said, I, I have much people in this city. And then uh, when he was in prison, Jesus appears to him and tells him that he must stand before Caesar in Rome. So that's why I said I, I can add three more appearances there. Of course, we know that uh, one plainly says it was a vision, but even on the way to Damascus, Paul later on said I was not disobedient to that vision. But uh, 
they were definitely appearances of the post-resurrected Christ. So Jesus is alive and well, amen, and he's coming back again soon, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this day and what it represents, and we're so thankful that we serve a living Savior, and that because he lives, we shall live also. We thank you, Lord, for just being with the rest of this day as we celebrate your resurrection be with the service to follow, anoint every part of it, bless in the communion service, and just anoint this praise team as they lead us in worship of the risen Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. There's still some cupcakes there if anybody wants to take any.